Hi, and welcome to the Badass Breastfeeding Podcast, co-hosted by Abby Thiering, the Badass Breastfeeder, and Diane Cassidy, IBCLC. Hi, and welcome to Episode 8 of the Badass Breastfeeding Podcast. I'm Diane Cassidy, Lactation Consultant. And I'm Abby, the Badass Breastfeeder. And we are here to talk with you today about schedules. What do you think about schedules, Abby? I think they're stupid all the time. No. I <laughs> schedules are great for adults. I think they work really really well for adults. Um but babies don't know schedules at all. So they don't really work well. They're like, you know, they're just figuring out how to like breathe right and swallow at the same time. So they don't really know how to like follow your your 40, you know, your 40-hour work week schedule or your so like when I, when Jack was born, <clears throat> he was, they were like, you know, they were like, um, you know, you got to give him formula cause he's crying, he's starving and all this. And so I was like, okay, you know, I got to give it to him. And then they're like, okay, so here's what you do. Every two hours you feed him the bottle for, no, you, every two hours you breastfeed him for 20 minutes on each breast and then, um, and then, and then give him a bottle and then like you put him to sleep. Okay. Every two, that's a lot mm -hmm. to do every two hours. And you know, it was like, so I'm like, okay, well I have to, I have to like breastfeed on this breast and then switch to this breast and then give him a bottle. Then I put him back down, which he never wanted to be put down because he was a baby and I didn't really understand that. Right. And then like before, so I'm talking about the middle of the night, right? Yeah. So he's sleeping and I'm trying to sleep. I didn't really sleep because I was always just scared all the time. <laughs> and then like he's, he's sleeping and I'm like, okay, well, do I wake him up or do I not wake him up? Or, you know, okay, he's awake. It's been three hours. And then I go, okay. Oh, we're also throwing the diaper change in there. You know, we got to change his diaper. Oh my God. God mm -hmm. forbid. He's got a couple of tiny newborn peas in there at the same time. <laughs> and we go, you know, we're like, it was, I felt like, I mean, it was, it was chaos. It, it was absolute chaos. And my husband is like, every two hours that we would both be like up, up and like panicking. You know, my husband would be kind of like, you know, shuffling really fast to the other room to get a diaper and then come over here and we're trying to follow the schedule. And it was so clearly like not normal or right. And so I finally learned like, you know, if I just put him on my breast, I don't have to think about it. Mm -hmm. You know, if you just like, if that's your go-to, oh, he's crying, put to put a boob in his mouth. Oh, he's, you know, fussing, put a boob in his mouth. You know, like if that's just like the go-to thing, everything will be fine. And he doesn't know, what does he know to every two hours? How is he, he doesn't know anything like that. His body doesn't know anything like that. And like my husband, I remember I said, <laughs> one night I set an alarm Cause I was like, Oh, you know, we don't want to sleep. We don't want to sleep too long. And my husband, I was like, let's set an alarm, you know? And, and he goes, uh, why? So you can poke him until he wakes up. <laughs> <laughs> like, Pretty much. Yeah, yes, exactly. And then that's exactly what happened. I would be staring at him. He's sleeping. And I'm like, you know, looking really close to see if his chest is going up and down. And I'm sorry, there's no way around that. Like you can't ever be, like, you're never not going to do that. Oh, like my gosh. I know. You know, like, you're just going to make sure your baby's breathing. It doesn't matter. Um, 
But the schedule thing, all it did was drive me and my husband to absolute insanity. Mm-hmm. Instead of someone saying like, just focus on breastfeeding and relaxing and, you know, do some laid back breastfeeding, you know, get into the good position and just stay there. Just relax. Just, you know, yeah, just you don't don't worry about the clock, what the clock says, you know, and there's situations I know I, I'm not you can speak to this better than me, but like your baby, you know, born baby, it's like eight hours and your baby's sleeping for eight hours. Like, I, I my never my child never did that. I never had to worry about that. Right. But like I think that does happen sometimes, and then there's some sort of you know you might want to wake them up to put some breast milk in their belly or something. There definitely are situations like that, and like working in a peds office part time, I see that where maybe the baby is kind of hovering right at that jaundice level where they're not quite light level, but they're not you know, they're still feeling the effects of the jaundice and they're super yeah. sleepy and they're not waking for feeds very well. And those babies aren't gaining weight. And sometimes the moms are like, Oh, he slept six hours last night. He just, I figured he would wake up when he's hungry. And it's like, no, he's three days old. He has no idea. You know, like <laughs> stuff like that, that we're like, okay, maybe you'll want to wake the baby. But then once they're gaining weight, no, like you leave them, you know, you just kind of follow their lead, which is yeah. extremely hard for people to wrap their heads around that you just follow their lead. And I try to tell parents, if you try to control this baby that doesn't know that there's a schedule, you're going to lose that fight. You know, you're going to lose that battle. Yeah. And you're sitting here, you're, you're fighting against, oh, he should be awake. He should be sleeping. He should be eating. And your baby knows what they want to do. And if they don't want to be awake or sleeping or eating, then they're not going to be doing those things. Right. And you can't yeah. force it. I know. I think, yeah, that's what, because I, but, and, and, and it's so hard because it's so once, once you get around like other moms and a community of like people who know this or have been there, you know, whatever, then it's like, oh yeah, that makes much more sense, which is why people are so, it's why moms are all so easy really to convince of that. You know, you're like, oh, you don't have to watch the clock. You know, well, my doctor said, yeah, yeah, yeah. Your doctor said, you know, you know, then they're like, oh, you know, it's just like, it, it's, it's clicks with us. Mm-hmm. The, the problem is that you're in this, like we're in this world where it's like, especially if you give birth in a hospital, you're like a part of this massive machine, right? Where it's just like, kind of like getting women, you know, they're all, everyone's on the clock, like getting, you know, the birth has to happen within this period of time. And then your baby's got to pee within this period of time. And then you got to breastfeed in this period of time. And all this stuff is happening. And if you don't, then we're going to try, you know, you get $50,000 worth of tests going on. Yeah. And, and then you get home then they're like, okay, well, you know, so they've like, they've already brought you into this like sphere of chaos and this like insanity and this like not completely unnatural environment. And then they send you off with this like advice is just like, okay, every two hours, this is what you got to do. And that's all you have, right? Because we're also, again, we're also still so isolated from each other and we don't, that's all we have. We have like our doctors telling us what to do. We don't have like the extended family around. We haven't seen it all the time. We haven't seen a newborn mom, a new, a new mom, like, you know, kind of relaxing with a newborn and not, you know, and just breastfeeding on demand. Like we don't see those no, things. They look frazzled. So, yeah. Right. Well, yeah. I mean, and it's like, people are making us frazzled, you know, yeah. it's like, like in, in like, in like throughout history and in other cultures, like this is what you see. Like mom's kind of like being taken care of by extended family. And then, you know, there's grandma and there's mom and they're like, you know, just put the baby on the breast, just put the baby, you know, they like, they know, they just, mm-hmm. they know. 
but we can't, we're so disconnected here and we're so isolated. And so I was like, whatever your doctor says goes, I like, had, okay, this is what I got to do. I had two, two clients in the last probably week or two, different, different pediatricians both said to me, their babies were both right around that six to eight week mark. Both of them said to me, my doctor said I should be able to put the baby down to sleep now and not hold them. And I was like, oh, that's magic. What? Like, <laughs> Well, she made me feel like a terrible mom because she said the baby should be doing this and because she's not. And I was like, I was speechless. I yeah. didn't even know what to say. And I'm like, but your baby needs you. So why are we going to try to make her be by herself when that's, you know, that doesn't make any sense to me. But then you're, we're, they said we're making bad habits. We're creating bad yeah. habits by feeding. We're creating bad habits by feeding. She shouldn't feed at night anymore. She shouldn't want to feed at night anymore. She shouldn't need to be waking up as much. She shouldn't be doing A, B, and C. And it's like the everybody gets these ideas in their head that they're going to be – they don't get these babies on a specific routine by X amount of weeks. They're going to be making these horrible habits for this baby. So when the baby is 16 – they're going to be doing these awful, right. you know, <laughs> habits of sleeping and whatever, or not sleeping. Yeah. And I just, I, I have a really hard time with that. I just don't yeah, my, see why it makes any sense. Yeah. No, and it doesn't make any sense. And when you're a new mom, you don't know that it doesn't make sense because you've never done it before. So you're like, oh, okay. And then you go home and you see the complete opposite happening in front of you. And you're like, well, you know. They're not doing that. They're not doing something right. And then it's like, oh, my God, something's wrong with my baby. Mm -hmm. Oh, my God. You know, they're not acting the way they act on TV or the way that my doctor says they should be acting or, you or know, because they don't. I mean, they don't act like that. They don't. Or there's something wrong with your parenting. Yeah, there's right. There's something wrong with you if your baby's still awake in the middle of the night. There's something yeah, wrong with you. You're that's, not doing yeah, it right. I, Right, right. You're not. Yeah, you're not doing it right. I, I had it with Jack. Yeah, with Jack as well with – uh. The, we went to uh, our pe a pediatrician and she was like fresh out of medical school or not even out. You know, she was, she was like so young and knew you could tell. And, and I would ask her questions. I remember at one point she was like, so, you know, at something, something months, which I wasn't even paying attention at the time. Um, she maybe said six months. I hope she did. She was like, so, you know, you're going to start with, um, you're going to start with, um, rice cereal and then do vegetables and then whatever. And I was like, I, I was so far from thinking about like first foods, you know, that I was just like, whatever. And I was like, why? But I had already heard this like rice cereal sucks thing. Mm -hmm. So I was like, so I was like, why do you start with rice cereal? And she looked at me and she goes, huh, I don't know. That's just what we're taught. Oh, I was like, okay. <laughs> makes me feel so much better. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah. And then she was like, so, you know, I think he was two weeks old. I'm pretty sure he was like two weeks old. And, um, she goes, so, um, so he can start, um, sleeping, um, in the, his crib now. And I said, um, well, he sleeps with us. And she goes, oh, Okay. Threw her for a she, she had no idea it. what to do with that. She had no, I, I said, he sleeps in our room. I didn't even go to the whole bed sharing thing. I was yeah. just like, he sleeps in, and I wasn't bed sharing at the time. He was sleeping in a bassinet next to our bed and I had no plan to move him to a crib anytime soon. No. He was two weeks old. No. I mean, I don't know. I just, you know, I know, I know people do it. I don't care, but I was like, I don't have, you know, he sleeps in our room and she goes, Oh, 
Like she just didn't know what to say. (laughs) And I was like, okay, so this is what we have to remember about doctors and like doctors, God love them. When there's a medical emergency, we need them so much. But with the, you know, when it comes to like birthing and breastfeeding and this stuff, there's not, the training isn't there. And so they're kind of going off of opinion, right? Right. And so they're just, you know, so you have to kind of, you know, it's better to kind of, you know, have a community of moms, which I know it's really, it's such a hard thing to say. It's like, you know, it's better to have a community of moms. And it's like, well, what do you mean? I mean, I'm sitting here in the middle of wherever and I don't know anybody who's had a baby because I was there. I was there. I was in the middle of Chicago, yeah. one of the major cities in the world. And I had nobody and no, I knew no one. And it was like, you know, it took a lot of effort to kind of find that. But, but then I, but then I, you know, I realized that like that my doctor was not necessarily the best resource for, um, birthing and breastfeeding stuff. And she said, I said, she said, how long is he sleeping at night? You know? And I said, I, I don't, I mean, I don't know. Like, what do you mean? He doesn't really sleep at night. She's like, well, it's the longest period of time he goes while sleeping. And I was like, I don't know, two hours. (laughs) And she looked at me and she was like, like shocked, like, oh my God. And she was like, that's weird. Cause he should be sleeping like eight or what? 12 hours, like eight. To, no, she even said 12 hours at one point. He should be sleeping like 12 hours by now. 12 two weeks. Well, and maybe he was older by then, but he was older than two weeks by then, but still, but still. 12, 12 hours. I came, my six year old won't sleep 12 hours, even though he needs to. Oh my God. I mean, like 12 hours is like, that's insane. And she was just like, looking at me like, you know, like that's wrong. Like he shouldn't be doing, like he should be sleeping longer than that. <laughs> it's like, Oh my God, something's wrong here. Oh my gosh. And it's, you know, you look at the books and the books will say, okay, your baby should be sleeping 12 hours at this age. And if your baby is not doing that, then you're like, Oh my God, you know, like this, my baby yeah. has to every, but some baby, maybe your friend's baby slept 12 hours at that right. age, you right. know, but it doesn't mean that yours will. It doesn't right. even mean that you're, if Jack had slept 12 hours, it doesn't mean X is going to like, it just, right. it's so totally. babies are not this cookie cutter, right. you know, object that we can just say, okay, every baby at this age is going to do this. Do we want them to? Sure. But they're not going to. I want all of my, everyone, I want 12 hours of sleep and everyone in my family to have 12 hours of sleep every day. It's not happening. That's what I want. <laughs> it's never <laughs> happened. And we also, you know, people like babies are born with temperament, you know, like mm-hmm. there's genes that we pass down to them. And I my, you know, Jack is the most sensitive, you know, cries at the drop of a hat, dog barks scare him. Like we've had him like had like OT for like some sensory processing stuff like he's just like a sensitive guy Mm -hmm. and that those people don't sleep Uh, it's a little bit extra effort to calm yourself down to go to sleep and they're just not going to sleep as long some babies and some people just don't need as much sleep just doesn't happen like that you know sucks for mom but like if that's your baby then like that your baby nothing's wrong with your baby it just doesn't sleep a lot and it's not a feeding issue it is no. not a feeding issue. And I have so many moms and I feel for them. I really do. Because they're just like, the baby is not sleeping. And they think somehow along the way, this is a feeding problem. And it's it's not. It has nothing to do with that. And research has showed, like, you can, it, it has nothing to do. Sleep it's is not, not linked to that. 
No, and it's not a problem. It's not That's a problem. Thing. I remember speaking to the, because I actually, we ended up hiring a sleep consultant for Jack. And because he was up really late and like, you know, couldn't fall asleep and we didn't know what was going on. And we hired this amazing woman. I've talked about her before, Rebecca mm-hmm. Me- Rebecca Meeky. And she she said, I remember we were talking about like, you know, sleep problems and all this stuff. And um she said, most of the time when I work with parents, like it comes down to the fact that there was no problem to begin with. People just don't, you know, like it's a matter of like learning about sleep and like how your brain works and how, what's going on in your house. Like when, when, when we finally, when we were working with her on getting Jack to sleep, it was all stuff I had to do. It was all me and my husband. It wasn't anything wrong with Jack. It was like us trying to understand his cues, us trying to understand how we can help him, you know, deescalate and like bring himself down from, you know, the high of the day and like things in our household that were interrupting things like, you know, the process of like melatonin in the brain. And it, it was like there, it was, there was nothing wrong with Jack. Right. You know, it was the fact it was like, there was things that we had to do. And, and, and then, and, and most of the time it's just that people don't understand again, that there's, that this is how sleep works and how it's different for different people. But also it doesn't happen the way you want it to happen. And you have to go back to work at six weeks and that sucks. And you really want your baby to sleep so you can get sleep, but it's not necessarily going to happen. And it doesn't mean that there's something wrong. It means that your baby's normal and that six weeks is too damn early to go back to work. Yeah. (laughs) And it's really like, we can't control it. You know, and I think that's another piece of it. You know, you have a lot of, different personalities out there. And, you know, if you have that kind of personality where you're like, okay, I really want to be able to, to control what is happening, just like I do everything other, every other aspect of my life. But this baby is something that you cannot control. The baby knows what they want. The baby knows what they're going to do. And you can't control that. And the earlier you can wrap your head around that and just kind of go with it, the better off you're going to be. That's yeah. I have found too that like with, with the breastfeeding piece of it, you know, moms that just kind of like relax. And if you can relax, breastfeed on demand, feed the baby when the baby wants to be fed, just kind of like go along with it. And that one, but they've already fed and should I just feed them again? And they just ate 20 minutes ago. And did they not get enough? And maybe I should give a bottle instead. And all of that stuff skews the whole natural process. Yeah. I think it's a cultural thing too, because we're so focused on schedules in our culture. And I think, that that's so we apply it to everything else, right? And then it makes it so much harder because you're you are you're dealing with this. <laughs> Here's my three year old dancing. Um, it's uh, yeah, you get it's when you're trying to schedule the unschedulable. You you can't you know it's just a source of like frustration. It's, like oh you're just gonna gosh. end up. It's just going to be, it's like, right. I mean, before you had kids, you control, you controlled everything in your life, right? I mean, you could do whatever you wanted to do. You can control yourself, whatever. And not suddenly you're give birth and you have, you're responsible for this human being that you can't control. Mm-hmm. It's like really shock, shock to the system. And we try to control it so much. And it's just a source of frustration. I had uh, a good friend of mine from high school had a baby, um, about, I don't know, a couple years ago. And I called him and I was like, so how's the first year? My kids are a little older. And I said, so how's the first year going? And he's like, um, well, you know, as soon as you accept that you're not going to sleep, it's not that bad, you know, (laughs) (laughs) which made me laugh because it was like, that's the worst. That's the hardest thing to accept 
It's the hardest thing to accept that, like, you are not going to sleep the way that you slept before. Right. Maybe. Again, you will. You will. You will. You will. Sleep, but not now. But then you know that going in. Right. Well, do you? I, I, I mean, I guess I know. I guess I knew. I guess I thought my baby would sleep a little bit more than he did. I think, yeah, I, I think people are definitely, um, they think and that they're, they're mis- going to go into this and the baby's going to, you're going to be able to just put the baby down and they're going to sleep. And babies, they sleep so much that you, obviously you're going to be able to sleep, right? But then it's like, yeah, they sleep a lot, but in like one hour increments. Right. You know, like it's <laughs> not like it's all consecutively. Right. And then, and, and, you know, the whole sleep when the baby sleeps thing, like, yeah, you could probably get a bunch of sleep if you slept when the baby slept. But like, that always pisses me off when I hear people say that. Cause I'm like, I, I'm not going to fall asleep 20 times today and then yeah. get up. And like, also I need to, some time to like, you know, shower or like sit here and stare at the wall and freak out or like, you mm-hmm. know, just do like things that you do as a new mom. It, yeah. You're not, if I had to, you know, you worry about so much as a new mom so much, you know, is there's so many things that you're thinking about and concerned about. And then if you are going back to work or if you have other children or whatever, and that I can't imagine trying to also put a baby on a schedule on top yeah. of that. Like you're fighting a losing battle to try to, to try to put a baby on a schedule. Yeah. But, but honestly, and it's, it's, it's what we do. It's what we do in our culture. And again, we have people going back to work. We've got people who are like, who, who need to, who need to support their families in various ways. And they're kind of forced into it as well because mm-hmm. we don't have that support right in that first like few, you know, that first year <laughs> beyond don't no, you can't do that. Don't do that. Um, um, there's no support when it comes to all of that stuff. And I think it is just, and I always feel bad for the partners because partners go back to work at what, like a week, maybe they're home for a week. Yeah. Right. And then they go back to work. God forbid that they're working with something like sharp knives or anything like that. Because they're <laughs> heavy sleeping, machinery. Heavy like a machinery yeah. yeah. Hope your husband's not a chef because they're just like, they're zombies. They are zombies. Nobody's sleeping in that first week. It's true. Nobody's sleeping and, and, and yeah, and you're not supposed to sleep and it's supposed to be crazy, but yeah, but it were then, then, and yeah, and everybody's forced into back into their lives when really we should be supporting that, like the family unit, the first year, at least, at least the first year and other countries do more than that, but at least the first year. I know. And we can't even get like six weeks under, I mean, like, that's just, that's just so sad that, And this is why moms are like, okay, well, I just gave birth to my baby. Um, Can I start pumping right now? I need to start pumping. I need to get on a pumping schedule too because – and then she's thinking – she's got to build up this, you know, supply of freezer milk in six friggin' weeks Mm -hmm. so that she can go back to work. It's like – it's not – it's it's an unwinnable situation. There's no way you can do that without freaking out. Right. And babies, I always tell moms, you know, when you do go back to work, babies end up kind of evolving into a regular routine most of the time. You know, of course, you do have those babies that don't. But they will, you know, because they're forced to, really. They're kind of forced to be in a situation where they are being watched by somebody else. They have to eat on a regular schedule. They have to, you know. So you're kind of getting away from that feeding on demand and and all of that stuff. But you're you're losing so much with that. And... It just can't be helped or, you know, you, the return to work at six weeks thing, and that whole six week thing, I don't even know where that came from. 
Like I don't either. I had more than six weeks, but I was. I think it's unusual. But they say six weeks for and everything. it's not paid. It's like yeah, I know. Yeah, six right. weeks you can have sex in six weeks. Right, you can go back to work in six weeks, and yeah. you can go on birth control in six weeks, and you're cleared to do any kind of physical activity in six weeks. Where six? Where does six weeks come from? I don't know, but I couldn't. I still couldn't really stand at six weeks after my episiotomy. Like I couldn't really even. I di- I hadn't even stopped bleeding. I bled. I did the math. I bled. I bet after I gave birth, I bled for two months. Oh my god! It was oh my, It was like, and I remember doing the math. It was two or two and a half months, something like that. I I calculated that it was as if I just caught up on all the periods that I missed while I was pregnant. Oh my god! You know, because that's kind of cool, right? When you're pregnant, you're like, oh, I don't have to deal with that now. Mm-hmm. And then, like when I was done, it was just like, oh, just like nine consecutive weeks of of bleeding. And it was like, I would go to my doctor and she's like, yeah, that's a long time. But, you know, you're fine. You're, you're OK. But, you know, yeah, it's a long time. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. And, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, what is she going to do? She can't stop it. You know, she could have not sliced my. Right. Right. She could have not given me an episiotomy. But I was really begging for it in the minute, in the moment. Wow. <laughs> but 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 really, like six weeks, I wasn't healed enough to do anything. I still remember, I think I even already told the story, but I, I still remember it was at some point in those first two months where I walked with Jack in the carrier to Starbucks, which is like, I don't know, six blocks or something from my house. And I got to Starbucks and I was like, oh my God, I don't think I can get home. <sighs> like, it was like the pressure on my, on my, you know, on my pelvic floor or whatever that is what do you mm-hmm. call it the you're, i feel like i felt like my whole entire body from like my intestines to my stomach to my lungs were oh. all gonna fall out of my vagina oh my god and i was like oh my god i don't know if i can <laughs> right now i'm stuck at starbucks oh my god it's so yeah six weeks please yes and, and then and if you're like it then if you're not if you're not better at six weeks if you're not like doing cartwheels and going to going to you know gymnastics class, then something's wrong with you. Right. Could you imagine having to go back to work at that point? No, no, my God, no. And I honestly, I ended up quitting my job because I just wasn't ready. Yeah. And I, I you know, I know there's like, I mean, most people can't do that. You know, we didn't. It, it, it was kind of touch and go for us at the time too, but. We were, we were able to do it and I did it. I was just like, I, I am like, I'm not even, I don't even know who I am right now. I can't go back to work. I quit. Yeah. I have met a lot of families that moms did not have the intention of staying home. And then they have this baby and they're like, I can't go back. Oh, I know. I, I had a pump that. and everything. We had the whole plan that my husband was going to be the stay at home dad. I was going to go back to work. I was going to be that killer social worker. I always was. And I was like, I'm done. <laughs> I don't know what I'm doing. I don't know what's going to happen, but I'm not doing that again. It's, it was. It just changes that so much. And then, yeah, and on top of it, you have all of these crazy like demands, like feed your baby every two hours, mm-hmm. and put a, put a timer, feed them every two hours, like <laughs> time it. Yes, and if it's not, it's if, not it's, if it's sooner than two hours, they're not getting enough milk, and if it's longer than two hours, then something's wrong there too. Right. You know, right. It's no wonder that like postpartum depression is so high and postpartum anxiety and all of this stuff is so rampant because it it's too much. There's so much pressure. The whole that's a whole oh, different conversation for a different day about how much of that feeds into the whole postpartum mood disorder. Yeah, right. 
piece of everything. Um, but it's just, you know, the social piece, and you mentioned a couple times, like having that social piece, I think is so important. And I think a lot of the moms like that I have contact with, if they were talking to other moms that said, Oh, yeah, my baby does the same thing. Oh, my baby didn't sleep that, you know, my baby didn't sleep like that either. Or my baby's, you know, I think it makes it normalizes everything. Mm-hmm. And it makes it feel like, oh, my gosh, you know, I'm not the only one going through this. You know, other people's babies don't sleep either. Um, it makes a big difference to be able to have that connection. But at the other end of it, don't compare yourself. If you have sure. that, that that mom that says, oh, you know, because honestly, like with my kids, if I'm remembering correctly, and I could probably not be remembering correctly, but if I remember correctly, mine were slept, really did sleep good long stretches by like six and eight weeks. Mm-hmm. And I think that was pretty much God's way of saying, all right, I just gave you three kids in two years. I'll give you a, a break. <laughs> you know, like it's just <laughs> because I, and I needed to have that, but um, it was, that's not the norm. And I know that, you know, I know that now. So for other people to look at it and say, Oh, but this person, my friend's baby sleeps, but mine doesn't. And then there's so many rules. There's so many rules around it. You know, the baby should be sleeping, the baby should be eating, but they shouldn't be eating this much at this time. Right. And they shouldn't be eating over here. Somebody tell me the other day that they're newborn, newborn, like less than two weeks old. Their doctor told them, feed the baby at 7 p.m., 8 p.m., and 9 p.m., and then let them sleep a stretch. And I was like, I don't even understand that. That's just made up. That's what I'm saying. Doctors are just making it up because it's not in the medical curriculum. So they are making it up as they go. Who's telling your baby that? Nobody's telling your baby that. (laughs) Your baby doesn't care. You have to eat right now. (laughs) You know, I know they're not, they don't know they're supposed to sleep after having a cluster feed. Right, right. right. (laughs) You know, if it happens, great. If it happens three days in a row, great. But it's not going to. And then, trying to like have parents understand too that schedule might work for a day or for two days and then it's going to switch. Yeah. It's not. Yeah. There's nothing is going to stay consistent until ever. Never. Not at all. And I think that's another really hard thing to wrap your head around. So kind of the bottom line is that it's like, you cannot, you you can't, you know, put your money down on, okay, this is going to happen today. You know, my baby's going to do this, that, right. and the other thing on a routine because it's just not, we don't have that kind of control over them. Right. And you can't control another human being. And all you can do is put your baby to your breast as much as you can, as much as you want, and just sit there and don't look at the clock. You know, and I'm I'm surprised at how much I have to tell new families, your baby needs you at this age. And you're only doing positive things if you're responding to their needs. Yeah, and I don't know. I don't think that's something that needs to be told, but it does. No, because but yes, because there's because somebody's saying the opposite to them before you get to them. Ugh. Before you get to that person, somebody's saying the opposite. Somebody's saying, "Well, your baby should be sleeping this long. You should be. You should leave your baby." Oh, this is something that my pediatrician told me too. She said, "Okay, so when you're putting your baby to sleep, put your baby down, leave the room, let him cry for a minute, and then the next night, let him cry for two minutes." And then the next in my three minutes and, and I, and that's when, Oh God, it's all coming back to me now. <laughs> that, that was when I said, but he sleeps in our room. And that was when she was just like, she had no idea what to say. 
And so this is what she was fresh out of medical school. So it's not like she, you know, this is what she had learned and this is what she had been taught by someone. Mm-hmm. And she was just regurgitating this information to me. And that's what I left with. And that's what everybody who came from that medical school or any medical school is, you know, they're just being told that this is what you're supposed to tell the people. And it's, no. it's, it's based on nothing. It is. At what age did you get the sleep trainer? Or sleep she's not a, she's not a, she's not a sleep trainer. She's a sleep consultant. Sleep consultant. Uh, and she, I got, well, we were kind of late. He, Jack was three years old by then. Okay. Which is late to hire some help if you need help. Well, the mom, I did talk to a mom this week who said my pediatrician thought I should look into getting a sleep consultant because the baby's both, you know, should be able to sleep. And this baby's like six weeks old. And I was like, I, I don't, I just don't think that's well, right. And so, and, sh- and the doctor probably meant a sleep trainer, yeah. like somebody to come to the house and like teach you how to do the whole, like, you know, leave your baby for a minute, then leave your baby for two minutes and train your baby how to sleep. And that's why I, I like to differentiate Rebecca because she provided us with education about how we can help Jack feel tired mm-hmm. you know like how we basically it came down to how we are interfering with jack's ability to feel tired and that's what we learned and that's why that's why i i make i make the differentiation because i think there's a big difference there's all kinds of sleep training and all kinds of sleep trainers out there who can magically fix your sleep problems you know if you're willing to let your baby cry by himself they will go to sleep eventually they will withdraw and just go to sleep it's mm-hmm. true um, but if you want to learn how to like, you know, create some, figure out what is going on that's, you know, interfering with your child's ability to like go to sleep at night or fall asleep. Our thing was really falling asleep because once he was asleep, it was fine. But it was, it was actually fall, falling asleep that was difficult for him. And it was just all education. Mm-hmm. You know, it was really what when what and all the work that we did, like I said, was all us. So anyway, that's why I. And it's, yeah, it's. But that's what people are, but that's what doctors are doing. They're saying hire, hire a sleep trainer and like, just, you know, they'll be able, they'll get your baby to sleep. Don't worry. Yeah. Well, yeah. And that's why, that's why you and I hear so much of the, we get the backlash, the terrible, yeah, the terrible information and, and, and then, and, and get the opportunity to reeducate people because this is where, because all these people are getting to moms first. And before, and before, before you even have kids, I mean, this is like stuff I saw in movies. It's stuff I saw on TV. Babies are always sleeping. People are always, you know. Oh, perfectly. I mean, it was like, yeah, there there was, babies are always like sleeping in the other room while people had, you know, big luxurious dinners. And, (laughs) you know, I mean, you get the idea that that's what it's going to be like. Oh, it's not anywhere near that. Yeah, it's what society is telling you. So, yeah. So we have to. We get to help people learn that they are not crazy and that there's nothing wrong with their child. So it's just you reality. Know, it's normal. Yeah. This is the new normal. This is how it is. Mm-hmm. So schedules, I think we've kind of come down to don't have them. Don't do them. Don't expect them, maybe is a better word for it. Don't expect to have a schedule. Don't expect it to work, yeah. Don't expect it to work. Try not to, you know, I always tell people too, like, 
It'd be like trying to force you into doing something, trying to force you to sleep when you don't want to sleep, trying to force you to eat when you don't want to eat, trying to force you to, you know, be awake when you don't want to be awake. It's you're, you're fighting a losing battle. So try to think right. of it like these babies are just little human beings. They're little human beings. And it, you really, that's a hard thing to control. Yeah. So once you get that, the idea of that, like your friend said, once you kind of accept it, <laughs> once you accept the fact you're never going to sleep, once you accept that, you know, your baby has a personality of their own, your baby is doing their own thing and you kind of go with it, you fall into a really good routine. And those generally are very happy babies. Because you're not fighting against the system. Right. So next week, we are going to be talking about another fantastically fun topic, which would be biting and teething. And I don't know if you have any biting stories. I definitely do. So we can talk about that and um, ways to get around that. And I think we've pretty much wrapped up our schedules (laughs) Yes. So if you want to reach us, we would love to have your feedback. We would love to have suggestions. Um, You can email us. The badass breastfeeder at gmail.com. See you next week. Bye. Bye. Bye.